Are you a professional optimised business? Time to look at Northern Peugeot Bandura to further professionalise your fleet with their updated commercial van range. The team at Northern Peugeot Bandura can help customise your fleet to your business needs. Stock arriving now, so secure your van and beat the rush before the end of financial year madness. Visit northernpeugeot.com.au or call 9119-9008. TNC Supply. Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Is driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick! Meet him up, one-nil! And uh, thank you for joining us for another edition of Radio Dub this week. We really, really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, when we've, we've got a return... It's sort of, when we come back, we always need to bring, you know, that, that, that the right energy. And obviously it was International Women's Day yesterday. So I, obviously if you're watching the stream right now, you know that Oscar and Lockie are not here, which I think it fits for the day. It fits for, for the week, really. So I've got, I, I said, I need to call somebody in. I need to call in the number one co-host. And that means I'm lucky enough to be joined by Miranda Templeman. Miranda, thank you for joining me this, after, uh, this evening, actually. Mm, yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to be back. No, nah, it, it's good to it's good to have you here because I was I was done. I was an, it was enough of uh, enough talking to Lockie and Oscar. You know they were great, but like we want we want the the, the players' minds. We want to understand uh, what is uh, what what really goes on in the players' mind. But you know what, Miranda? Not only am I joined by you this this evening, we're also lucky enough to be joined by. Canberra United midfielder, star. I had her as a bolter for the Matilda squad. I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen, but it would make me very happy. I do enjoy watching this player play. And uh, we are lucky enough to be joined by uh, Nikki Flannery from Canberra United. Nikki, how are you? Hey, good, thanks. How are you guys? It's good. Now, see, I feel outnumbered. Usually it's like it's me and like some just football people in football media. But now it's... Miranda Templeman, goalkeeper for Melbourne Victory, and Nikki Flannery from Canberra. I feel like I should keep my mouth quiet for this entire segment. <laughs> no. Do you reckon that's the case, Nikki? Absolutely not. <laughs> well, Nikki, I really appreciate you joining us on the show. But uh, Canberra's season has been it's, it's been interesting. It's had some ups and downs. But you personally, how what's it been like to be back on the field and and, and playing some really really great football? Yeah, honestly, it's um, obviously such a privilege to be back on the field um, after such a big and challenging injury. Um, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself and put too much pressure on myself and just trying to enjoy it, but it's kind of hard when you got to keep scoring goals and winning games and the pressure's on to make the final four. But um, the club and my team have been so awesome throughout this whole return to the A-League and... um, I couldn't thank them enough for making it such an enjoyable transition. But, yeah, I'm really happy with where we're at as a as a team and a club at this point. So I, I like to hear that. And, you know, I I like the I liked the WWE when I was a kid. Now I'm going somewhere with this, I do, do promise. But um, <laughs> when I was a kid and, like, a, a, a WWE wrestler would come back, you, when you'd hear their theme song, you'd be really, really excited, right? Now I want to know, Nikki, did you have, like, a theme song for yourself – 
when you made your return, it was playing in your head being like, I am back and I'm ready to absolutely play some amazing football? I really wish I did. I feel like I should have channeled that energy. (laughs) Honestly, I was just nervous. I was just like, just get it done. Get this first game done so you can breathe. Yeah, fair. How do you like get over such like a big milestone? Like obviously as players, injury is like a part of the game. But like for you coming back, what was your kind of mentality around it? I think like that injury for me, it was in the middle of a lockdown. So it was so challenging outside of the injury itself. Um, And I was away from my family. Um, But honestly, I don't think I ever had doubt that I wouldn't come back from it. Um, which I guess was the hope that kept me going and get, getting me up through the week and getting to gym. Um, but, yeah, it's not to say that it wasn't a challenge. It was, like, mentally taxing, physically taxing, probably more mentally taxing than anything. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping to kind of share my story and what I went through and things that I found helpful throughout the that period of time in the hopes that I can help other people um the difficult thing is that everyone's journey and return to sport with an ACL injury is so different so you could literally ask someone for help but they have had a completely different path um so yeah you know I think just having a good support network was the biggest thing for me to get back I want to just obviously uh, we weren't focused all on the injury because you've, you've been so incredible coming back, but the injury is such a is such an important thing to to speak on. I want to get into the player's mindset. When you get that the injury, what's the 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 most mentally exhausting day? Is it the day where you 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 get the injury, or is it the last day of your recovery when you're like you know that you're you're going to make a return? Where's your what's at the point where your adrenaline and your emotions just at the peak? Oh, good question. I've never been asked that. Um, (laughs) Honestly, for me, the toughest day and the toughest thing for me to swallow was how easy surgeons say, oh, yeah, we'll just, you know, reconstruct your knee. It's all good. And I'm just sitting there freaking out. Like they say it's like like a coffee date or something. (laughs) um, I think that was one of the biggest points where I was like, no, this doesn't sit well. Like I've got to get myself back from this. Um, which is an interesting, I, I guess no one probably, I don't know, maybe people felt the same way, but surgeons just found it so easy to say something that was such a big thing for you as a person um, and as an athlete. Um, yeah, I reckon that was maybe the turning point. No, nah, I reckon, like, I've I've never done my ACL personally, but I did have 18 months. Touch wood. Through. Yeah, touch wood. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I did, I have, I have had... 18 months out with like a knee injury, a complex knee injury. So um, I think, yeah, as you say, everyone has their own journey. I think for me, it was a time like it was such like it was a weird injury. Like my kneecap was like dislocated was like the worst bit is like the shock of you can see it and it's the worst. Yeah. But like the time yep. sitting there and waiting for the ambulance and like waiting for everything to happen I think that was my worst part like the unknown of you don't really know how much is damage is done you don't know how long you're going to be out for like you don't really know what's happening no I've actually really thought about like the the period of time where you guys are sitting for the ambulance how do you I want to I want to pose this question to both of you but how do you stop your mind racing and going to the worst conclusion obviously they (laughs) 
obviously the outcome at the end is not what you're after, what you were hoping and things like that, but how do you stop your mind from going to all these different places? I think um, I knew, like my body even knew, because I didn't feel any pain, but my eyes said it all, apparently. Um, And I think I just knew that it wasn't good. And I just said to the physios, it's okay. Like you can tell me that it's not good news. I'd rather you be honest than give me a glimmer of hope. Um, So, yeah, I think for me, like I just love when people are honest around those things. Like, I know you're trying to protect me, but let's just be real here. <laughs> yeah, fair. I think for me, I think I was 14 at the yeah. time and I just have, like, such a clear memory of they've put, like, a, a jumper over my legs so yeah. I can't look at it anymore. And my captain, who was maybe 18, 19 at the time, she comes up, she goes, so are you a bush or a beach person? And I reckon <laughs> <laughs> that just, like, calmed me out, like, yeah. just chilled me and kind of, like, I don't know, got me back to the present a bit more. Um, Are you a bush or a beach beach person? I'm a beach person. Nikki? Beach person. Oh, guys. Don't ask why I live in Canberra. Oh, yeah, Canberra. (laughs) I I don't really, I don't even, Nikki, I'm not going to hold it against you that you live in Canberra. That's that's, that's a whatever thing. But everybody in this beach thing, okay, I said it last podcast, the beach is overrated, okay? It's not that great. The sand is... Is a, it just, it's shocking. That's, that's because you have Melbourne beaches. Yeah, that's because Melbourne is fantastic. Nikki, <laughs> how do you, where do you weigh into this debate where I say that Melbourne is the best state in all of Australia? Uh, I've never lived in Melbourne, oh. so I have no input, but I like the creative side. Thank you. It's cool. I like it. See, I it like is. that from, I like that from Nikki. You've, you've lived, you've lived in different states, but you know, deep down the Melbourne is the state to be at and it's. <laughs> most livable city in the world. Not during lockdown. Not it. during lockdown. Yeah. Probably not during lockdown. That's for scratch sure. That. Yeah, scratch that bit. It really bit. We're fantastic. <laughs> but, um, Nikki, this season for Canberra, there was, it's it started like okay, and then you guys had one on a really nice run, and then obviously those two five nil losses. Wait, five. Yes, I think that I've got the scoreline right. right. But yeah, yeah, and and then you guys just everywhere. A lot of people were like, "Oh, this is not great. Like this, this is the lowest point for the club." But then you guys just seem to bounce back. How is that like the 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 team like morale and energy after those heavy losses and and having such an up and down season at times? Yeah, uh, I think you know the season is so interesting. If you start strong, you might end poorly. Like there's just so many ups and downs in in performances. But um, in terms of our team morale, obviously it was quite low after a few losses. Um, And I was saying to Teo, we all turned on ourselves individually and what we weren't doing well enough, you know, punishing ourselves for everything. And we kind of lost sight of um, the team as a whole and our mates next to us. So we kind of came in um, one Monday and just we're like, right, it's we, not I. Like this, you go on the field and you set yourself a goal and you set yourself a goal for someone else. So what are you going to do for someone else? And just kind of shifting that focus away from, oh, my God, I've got to do well when I get on the field. We're losing. I've got to do something. I've got to make something happen. And being like, oh, how can I help, you know, how can I help Michelle? How can I help Haley? Um, just having that shift of focus was really beneficial for us as a team and um, our morale is keeping, like it's getting better, I would argue. How do you, just like really quickly, how do you, who's, who who leads that charge? Is it Negosh who leads that charge or is it the captains? 
who says, guys, what we're doing right now is not going to work. It's not sustainable if we want to achieve the goals that we have. Who's leading that? Yeah, there were a few of us senior players. Um, it was a player-only meeting, that one, um, and the staff did the same thing. And then after that, we came together and obviously worked as a collective. But um, a few of our senior players, I guess, put their hands up first and spoke about what we can do. Um, but everyone spoke. We made sure that everyone spoke and had a say about what was going on. Um, and I think that's something that we have here at Canberra is everyone being able to have a say and contribute in many ways. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the things like as a player that you can get stuck into, and I'm sure like this went through your mind at some point is like when you're getting on the pitch and one after one thing after the other is happening and you're like, Oh, I need to do something bigger to make up for that. And then that's mm-hmm. like where the pressure sinks in you. And then that doesn't happen. And then you think you have to do something even bigger to make up for mm-hmm. it. But I think what you touched on, like about just doing the little things right and breaking it down, like into its simplest form, I think you can really tell like the way that you guys have played recently compared to those games. Like it's massive. Mm-hmm. Like from an outside perspective, you can definitely see like there's been work done. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're just all starting to complement each other on the field. And I guess that also takes time in such a short season to work out new combinations with new players. But um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can keep it going. You see, <laughs> now you see, Nikki, you've walked into what I wanted to walk into, okay? Because this finals race, I feel like we've got two of the biggest contenders here for this t- final fourth spot. And and I don't mean to lock in the top three, but it just seems they, they're probably a little bit further to catch. Melbourne victory, Miranda Templeman. Nikki, Canberra, you guys are still in the hunt for this fourth spot. All this nice, nice that you guys are doing, I don't like it. I don't know what's going on. Nikki, are you getting that top four spot? Do you reckon, do you back yourself in for that top four spot? I absolutely back my team to get the four spot. I'll do the same. Yes, okay, okay, good, okay. I want the, I like this, I like this. But uh, Game on next weekend. Oh, yeah. It's going to be an absolutely cracker of a game. But uh, I want to, Nikki, so one of my favourite sayings is, I, I've applied it to coaches, but I think it applies to everybody. The coaching one was if you dress well, you coach well, and then you play well. But then I saw your teammate, Grace Ma, during the week <laughs> speak about that same saying. And when she said that, I said, geniuses think alike. <laughs> Nikki, are you confirming that Grace – can you confirm that Grace Ma is a genius? And uh, I think she's stolen that saying from me, though, I will say. Are you talking about where she was getting her nails? Yes, done? absolutely. Classic <laughs> absolutely. You have to feel like you you're looking good, your nails are done. Yeah. Well personally I like getting my nails done too. You know, you just feel a bit better about yourself. Yeah. Gives like, you that edge. Do you have any like lucky like I have a lucky sports bra? Do you have anything that you're like, I have to have this for me to like oh, feel I'm, the best? I'm such a wigger with this. I <laughs> Yeah, I have a lucky sports bra, lucky yeah. pair of undies. No, fair, <laughs> um, fair, fair. So fair. Yeah. You're not trying to jinx anything, are you? No, no. no. I always have a chocolate milkshake the day oh, of the game as well. What are we talking about? Nikki, stop people, right there. What? I know. People are like, do you not why? Vomit? Yeah, do you not vomit? No, you got to time it. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. What is this like an hour out from the game, two out? Like how long out from the game are we drinking the chocolate milk? And what's the brand? <laughs> Not chocolate milk. I go to a cafe, get a oh, coffee milkshake, okay, okay. like a classic. Oh, okay. Um, 
a little bit more I usually have it I have to have it by 10 30 okay. if we play at three yeah okay that's not that okay that gives you enough time that mm. gives you enough because like yeah. if I was drinking chocolate milk don't even try me on the field. I'm finished. All my teammates. Yeah, I'm finished. I'm not going out there. It's horrendous. Chocolate it's- milk supposed to be really good for you after a game. I've maybe, heard that. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe Nikki. Maybe you're onto something here, Nikki. Maybe, maybe I'm. Apparently, just milk hydrates you really well too. Yeah. Really? Are yeah. you like a like normal milk or like uh, this is controversial? Really? Like, are you like normal milk, almond milk? Like, what's the milk situation? Personally, I'm a full cream milk girl. Oh, I wish, I wish so bad. You that can't I, have full cream. No, I used to. I used to love full cream milk, and then suddenly one day everybody was like, "You can't have full cream milk. You're lactose intolerant." So uh. now it's almond milk and oat milk, which is whatever. You know, Perth has nowhere else have has it. Hilo milk. Hilo what? Which is like Nikki, you oh. haven't heard this. You no, haven't heard this. This doesn't make sense. Is what you're saying? It's the best milk ever. Okay, because it's like. In between light milk and full cream milk, yeah, so okay. it's like not as heavy, but not as, as light, not, not not water. watery. Oh, it's the best. Can and we all is that only that. in Melbourne? No, no, it's only in Perth, where I'm, I'm. I grew up in Perth, and that is the uh-huh. number one thing I miss. This is like okay. screw my family and the rest of it. Hilo <laughs> <Yeah>. milk, Hilo <laughs> milk. See, this is uh, who would have thought that Radio Dub was providing you all the nutritional <laughs> facts that you needed about milk. But <laughs> it's very, very important. Milk, if you can drink full cream, go for it because it is very, very nice. But. Uh, Nikki, I want to talk. I want to go back to the games. Sorry. And like that. <laughs> I want to go back into the games. But Negosh has come in this season, you know, and and you guys seem to have been playing a more consistent brand of football. Maybe the results haven't gone all as the the right the way you guys would have liked, but the the playing style is more consistent. How, how have you seen him coming in and his coaching style been like? Yeah, he's definitely got a process that he wants us to follow. Um, but in saying that, he kind of leaves room for a bit of freedom as well, um, a bit of Michelle Heyman flair <laughs> here and there, um, which is really awesome. Him. I think that's like the right choice. Yeah. Though. Like imagine telling Michelle oh. Heyman, calm down, this is the way I want you to play. No, let her do her thing. Absolutely, let her do what she does best. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's done a phenomenal job in um, coaching us. We were, we're obviously quite a young team, minus Michelle and Ellie Rush, but um, – you know, it's important with young players that they coach properly and they guide properly. Um, and I think that he's done that really well as, as long as well as our um, assistant coach, Ant. And I want to ask about you in terms of like you coming back this season. We touched on it a little bit, but how have you seen yourself? Like, have you surprised yourself with the way you've played or or were you kind of, when, when you were well, getting ready for this season, were you kind of like, okay, I'm ready. I know that I can, you know, I, I can get back to where I was and even go beyond that. Yeah, I feel like um, if I'm being honest, I feel like I'm not where I was just yet and I have to be okay with that because it does take time. Um, but I've definitely seen parts of me and developed different parts of my game, um, which is really awesome to see. Um, and then there's obviously the element of just trying to be grateful that I'm back. Um, I've been able to play some pretty decent minutes this season. So um, taking those things and running with them. But I'm definitely, I want to be better <laughs> and I'm going to work to get there. But um, like I said, it's building blocks. Said like a true footballer. Yeah, honestly. I like that. I like that a lot. 
No, I think every footballer is the same. Like someone gives them a compliment, and you're just like, no, I want to, I want to be better. I want to. It's not good enough. Yeah, I want to know, like Nikki, is it? How do you find the balance of like knowing you want to be better and like pushing yourself to continually get better, but also not pushing your body too far, obviously because you're coming back from a major injury. How do you find that balance? Yeah, honestly, that's something that I've learned quite well I would say is knowing when to push it and when to not push it um there's definitely weeks that I feel a bit you know behind on the recovery side of things so I don't push it in those weeks um but yeah like I said that's such a big learning curve in an injury like that or any injury for that matter um but yeah there's like things like my speed that it's not quite there like it's not where it used to be so and that's something that I can work on um, maybe not in season, maybe it's an off season kind of thing, but um, just making sure that I nut, nut down on what I need to work on and get it done. <laughs> nah, definitely. I think the main thing for me with like the short season, like, yes, we want it to be longer, but the transformation players go through in the off season program, sometimes it's just like, wow, really? they're a new player. Because I think it's yeah. individual, like what people choose to do in that time yeah okay and some players like yeah like you Nikki you'd be like all right I'm gonna go work on my speed and like mm-hmm. absolutely kill that but that's what no one sees no yeah. one sees that off-season yeah. like grind you know what I mean yeah how yeah it's absolutely a grind if you want it to be how <laughs> if you, you want it to be how do, how do you guys okay how do you in the off season, are you like talking to the clubs that you're signed with regularly to to have a program, or is there kind of obviously some players go and play in the MPL system and they might have a different coach like training system for them? But how are you guys establishing what you need to be doing in the off season? Um, I think obviously at the end of a season, they kind of give you you know here's a few areas of your game we'd like you to develop on. Um, these things are really good to so keep them going. And then you kind of take those into wherever you go um, and develop other things that you may think you need to. And then I guess uh, like in my personal experience, you know, you touch base every so often, see how they're going. Um, And then pretty much just get yourself in the right conditioning mode and everything to go again in the preseason. And um, it's tough. Like it's tough for them to be like, okay, go off and do these things. Like we can't have you full time, but we're getting there. Like yeah. we are getting there. Um, but exactly. I'd like us to take a, uh, uh, what's, oh my goodness. Oh my days. My nursery rhymes from a child. Like I want like a big step. <laughs> I want us to take a big step. I'm trying to think of like these, you know, the, the nursery rhymes where it's like uh, Jack and the Beanstalk. I oh, want one yeah. of the giant steps. That's what I want. You, want a giant step. <laughs> want those, you got the, there in the end. Yeah, I got there in the end. But we want one of those giant steps in women's football. And we are getting there slowly, but um, obviously with new with Cam- uh, not Canberra uh Central Coast Mariners coming mm-hmm. in next season the season is going to be even longer which is fantastic to see and do you think uh Nikki that the the length like the season extending has that like really has it made it so much better and more competitive if you find the leagues be more competitive because obviously in seasons gone by people get out to a really quick start and they kind of just be set for the finals but now with the season going longer there are more like ups and downs that you see from clubs yeah, absolutely. I guess the more games you play, the the bigger the chances to perform. Um, 
I can't really compare it to the last year, obviously, yeah. but since the, the previous season that I played, it's um, I love that there are more games. I, I love it as in terms of, you know, you're in a competitive, high-level, professional setup for longer. Um, and it's really awesome for us as players and as athletes to be in that setup for longer. Um, but, yeah, definitely it gives gives you a bigger window of opportunity to find your groove, maybe not from the first whistle, but maybe, you know, firing in between. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's it's kind of nice to see, though, because I think when you're in like, just from a like an observer, when you're watching, it's – you you see like sometimes you get so late in the season and a player finds their form but mm. then the season stops and then then they go to either play in MPL or they they're off or they maybe they go overseas and things like that and they kind of lose that momentum and that rhythm in their game and that, and to in order for like the players to develop like fully and like from my perspective is you need to be playing consistently mm. and in really challenging circumstances so you can elevate elements of your game yeah, massively. Yeah. I think I remember this one time last year where it's still – I think – how many rounds was it last year? 14? 14 don't rounds. Me, don't ask me math 14 questions. rounds, 12 games, I think it was <laughs> last year. And we were, it was one of the first games of the season. I was still at Adelaide. And I think we were versing Canberra actually. And we were down 1-0. Michelle Heyman has scored this goal, which was, I have to say, objectively, maybe two or three metres offside. Right? <laughs> and um, we have a drinks break. And I remember someone complaining, one of the players saying, you know, you've just like, that's a massive dent in our season because like little things can have such a massive effect when there's only 12 games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you don't, it doesn't give much leeway for like errors. Errors. Yes. No, absolutely. And it's, it's a, it's a difficult like thing when, you know, things happen. Now, Nikki, I'm going to ask you, a question now you can say veto and we can skip the topic so don't even stress about it (laughs) obviously this week the news about the three points came out which is controversial to say the least and um I, I think it surprised a lot of people how do you guys keep that mindset being like doesn't matter those three points still really disappointing thing to to happen but we can still make the finals we've just you know we've just got to push even harder yeah, absolutely. I guess it's one of those things that like there's just a bit of background noise at the moment for us. Um, as players, it's out of our control. So what we can do is just put our heads down and work and work collectively and together to um, keep winning here on in, um, not drop points, a bit of pressure. <laughs> we love it. No, but it makes the final It makes the final race very, very interesting because, because when I look at the table, it's victory, Canberra, Perth, I think Brisbane might just technically be out of it, but mm. you three are all in the hunt for for this final for this final spot, and I'm very excited for the final round of the game. I don't know who's gonna who's gonna win. Is there gonna be a, a, a Melbourne uh, dominance in the top four, or are we gonna get an outsider? Which would be Obviously, Miranda, I'd love, love to see the victory dominance, but it'd be kind of sick. It'd be kind of sick to see a late charge from somebody else. It'd be not. It'd be uh, it wouldn't be that sick, I don't It think. would be sick for you, but for the spectator, it'd be I like, think it would be. It'd, be. it'd be really, really interesting. Now, Nikki, I, I'm trying to learn about the other states because I've only ever really been to, I've been to Sydney, been to Melbourne. I've made a stopover in Perth for like two hours at best. What is it? 
what is there to do in Canberra? And is it true that it's just the one roundabout? <laughs> no, there's multiple. <laughs> <laughs> what is there to do in Canberra? Uh, look, the thing about Canberra is that if you have something to do, like if you're there for work, if you're there for football, if you're there for school, you love it because okay. like it's very much like you've got your group of people, you've got your family, you've got your friends, you've got your favourite cafes to bop into and then you got your your job or whatever. Um, I personally love the slow pace vibe. Um, I could never. I could never. I'd be here. My brain would be, so would be rattling <laughs> for so long. I, I, I'm an overthinker. So as, okay. as soon as I'm in Sydney, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> I should be busy. What am I doing? <laughs> Everyone else is so busy when you get to Sydney, I reckon. Everyone just looks like they're yeah. speed walking everywhere. Yeah, See, it's oh, why Melbourne's stressful. the best. It's why Melbourne's the best. You know, we can be, you know, fast-paced where we – uh, we're, we're nice and relaxed. It's it's not it's not too bad. It's not too bad in Melbourne. That's biased. Um, yeah. Nikki, I'll, I want to ask you: Is has there been a a player that's surprised you, like watching this season? It can be from Canberra, it can be from anywhere. That you've watched their game and you've gone, oh wow, like they were better than the last time we I saw them play, or they are such a great addition to the league. Oof. Good question. Mm. I'm trying my best um, tonight. Yeah. I really am. You're pulling them out. Thank Honestly, I, I I can think of one player because we played her last week um, for Adelaide, Sasaki. Yeah. I think she's top class. Um, she plays well beyond her years, like the way she plays. She reminds me a lot of a player that I played with at Canberra, Yukari Kinger. Yeah. She played at Melbourne City as well. One of the best players I've ever played with and probably ever will. Um, yeah, I would say Sasaki's been awesome for Adelaide. Just she's just so composed on the ball. It's like time stops when she gets it. Did she? And I love like obviously I played with her last year, and I was so shocked when they like it was the big like just the end of preseason, yeah. and they said, "Oh, like congratulations to Nano! Like she's upgraded from a scholarship contract." Oh, see, yeah. And I was like, "She was on a scholarship contract? Like <laughs> who's organizing this? Like yeah. she? Yeah, I have to agree. Like she is." someone that has stepped up massively and she's played different roles this year. She's played centre back. Yeah. She stepped into there. And even though like that's not her profile role, I think she like did a solid job. And yeah, back in midfield where she shines. And I'm very happy to see her do well. She's lovely. Do you do you guys obviously like lots of players move around and Nikki and they move around to to different states and different clubs. When like and you like you maybe grew up playing against them or things like that or you saw them in the in different you know amazing programs that you footballers are constantly in, does it create rivalries when you like play those teams or where you're like oh I used to play like I used to play against them they're a really good friend but does that make you have a rivalry with their team just mentally in your own head? <laughs> I guess so. Like there's always you got to try and prove a point. Maybe you've left the club or you're you've moved to a club and you're trying to prove a point and trying to justify your decision. <laughs> but um, I think it's awesome to have mates at different clubs. It's so fun to be able to play against them. You grew up with them. You grew up playing against them with them. I think it's just so cool for the league. Mm. It creates banter as well. Like yeah, in the like you go and play someone and you just like talk to them like so much crap 
yeah. like before <laughs> before the game and even after the game like it's good you give each other a hug and like get to say hi but see. there's always someone to look forward to see you know what yeah. i mean like you go away and you're like yeah. oh i get to see this person yeah. this person this person. no see this is what i like you okay, i love that everybody you know people get along it's fantastic but i also want a bit of the rivalry in the vents. I, I you think want a bit of rough. I want because it's kind of it's it's kind of funny and it's also great for the narrative of of the game because you know I, I think we it's something that we're gonna get more in women's football just like rivalries between clubs and obviously we have you know those ones because the league's been around for for a while but you know just those like oh this player used to play for this club and I want to see I just want to see how people go I don't want no neg- no negativity but I just want a <laughs> bit of the a little bit of the spice to the game, see if that makes any sense. It makes sense. <laughs> we get you. Well, uh, Nikki, I really want to thank you for joining us on the show this evening and good luck for the rest of the season. Hopefully, I, I, I'm looking forward to the, the contest between your two sides and uh, we'll see who gets the, <laughs> the last laugh in the uh, in the final four race. But we will head to a quick break here on Radio Dub and uh, we'll ch- chat a little bit more about... Uh, a little bit more football.